Good day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to the third episode of Series 7 of This Week in Startups Australia. Scaling is the hardest task facing a startup entrepreneur. Harder than getting started, harder than getting to an MVP, harder than getting investment. Scaling is hard. But there are any number of startups who have scaled successfully, including a few that have already been on Twista, Canva, Envato, Catapult, Airtasker. What can we learn from their successes in scaling? That's our theme for Series 7. In this episode, we reconnect with legendary Australian startup entrepreneur Mick Lubinskis. Three years ago, Mick moved from Sydney to Silicon Valley in search of an opportunity to scale his own skills in an ecosystem that excels at scaling. Mick's here to share what he's learned, the good, the bad, and the just plain hard. Scaling Ecosystems, and Scaling Yourself on this episode of This Week in Startups Australia. This Week in Startups Australia is proudly sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Are you a small business looking to streamline costs on shipping and postage? Simplify and save with SendPro Plus from Pitney Bowes and receive a $200 credit toward your parcel shipping costs. Terms and conditions apply. Visit them online at pitneybowes.com slash au slash twista. This Week in Startups Australia is also proudly sponsored by Mobile Experience, a UX consultancy offering research, strategy, and design services to Australia's leading startups. Learn more at mobileexperience.com.au. Back in July of 2016, the entire Australian startup community was basically going through a period of mourning because we were about to lose one of the godfathers of the Australian startup ecosystem, Mick Lubinskis, who you know had done Pollinizer and had been the first entrepreneur in residence at Morudi and was so instrumental in getting us from good to great or even just getting us from zero to one in so many ways. And now Mick's been in Silicon Valley for the last two and a half years, and it is our great good pleasure to reconnect and find out what it's been like. So, Mick, welcome back to This Week in Startups Australia. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. All right. So here we are. And in fact, we're recording this now, I should say, in the Twist Studios in San Francisco. So I have mm. come to you. Tell us, give us a little bit of the landscape. What's it been like to go from just getting things started and up and running in Australia to arriving in a very full-fledged, I mean, the canonical example of a working startup ecosystem? What has that been like? It's been wonderful and hard. Uh, I have obviously been working here well before I moved, but living here is a very different proposition. I brought my family and, and three kids here. So there's been a, a lot of uh, being here, which is, has been absolutely fantastic. But also, I came here for the challenge. Mm. I would always rather be uh, the worst person at the, in a hardest league rather than winning an easy league. And um, and so, hence, I just wanted a good timing in my life to come here and put myself through that challenge. 
but it has been uh, hard in different way in different ways that I, that I couldn't have expected. Uh, but How so? Well, I think I underestimated um, administrative challenges, like setting up your whole life. Oh. Um, I, you know, I kind of thought, um, you know, you forget that you just do all these things slowly over time and, yeah. and the American systems are bigger and badder and messier in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, certainly, uh, I, I knew that it was tricky being an investor in Australia than coming to the US, but it was 10 times trickier. You know, trust structures in Australia are basically bad, 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 bad for for uh, for American tax system. It's like they basically assume you're hiding for, uh, money in in every. So you've got to. And so every tiny little investment I made in Australia um, was uh, pain in the ass here in terms of my, my U.S. stuff. So that wasn't great, uh, and also you know just finding good accountants here. So but there's a great community here. We 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 band together. And we we talk things out. No one has a good accountant here, so it's, uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe, maybe, even though I've got a great accountant back in Australia, back in Australia but um, so little things like that were were challenging, and and I think I underestimated how um, how much I appreciated having um, a good support network in Australia mm. and, and creating that. Uh, you know, that's another thing you build up slowly over time, and I I had some network here, but the size and ferocity of the network here. You know, we used to host events in Australia just to get yeah. enough geeks in a room. And here, you know, Friday, I want to have a beer and turn off because it's it's just constant technology deep. Everyone's and everyone's assumed knowledge is really really high. I mean, I think I don't know if it was you or um, I don't know who I was on a panel with, and I was like, "When we on a panel last week?" And I was like, "Man, in Australia, right?" And I'm like, "We just do this. It's the same things. Are we really progressing?" And I, and I think I felt I had to come here to sort of get. It get to a real challenging place and and it is significantly more challenging because there's literally maybe you know a hundred thousand people like me who've done a lot of work in startups mm. a lot of skills broad play and some of them have you know I saw a guy the other day he's like yeah yeah i went to stanford did my undergrad at stanford mba at harvard i've built and sold three companies and ipo them and i'm like Ah uh, yes, I've done pollenizer and helped with sprints and <laughs> it's just massive. But it's why I was here. Mm. Um, but work to be done. Okay, so I mean, you're talking about the hundred thousand people. Did you find it hard? Did you find the networks open or are the networks closed because you're not a Stanford graduate, because you're not a Harvard MBA, because of they're open. The network are really open here to the point where I had to actually request less intros because <laughs> you know I, initially it was i was like i can't do 30 cups of coffee I, I, right. really wonderfully for even me, as an australian it, to say it, i can't do 30 cups of coffee well i mean coffee's now getting to the point where it's um you know pretty good but um i had a cup this morning in san francisco okay. and it was actually sydney grade maybe not melbourne grade okay. but it was sydney grade I, I i think that is accurate yeah. so that's that's good so um yeah, I, I initially, because I was very lucky that and very appreciative that Telstra and, and Maru D brought me over here to help bring the alumni companies to the US mm. market and establish more of a network here. So I had it, you know, that, that we just about to hit 100 companies at that point after three years and heading to our fourth. So had a ton of work to do. And then all of a sudden, I get all the introductions, mm. and every introduction leads to three more introductions. Mm -hmm. But the difference is substance and what you do with it. So it's even um, for companies, and I still do a lot of work bringing companies from Australia, but also from around the world, doing work with um, Japanese, Taiwanese, French uh, tech companies, bringing them to the US markets. And um, you can have the cup of coffee, but the bar of, bar of quality of team and traction is really, really high. 
And even though the Australian market has leaps and bounds gone up in terms of quality and everything, the whole world comes here. Mm-hmm. So whilst it's hard to get a capital raise in Australia because there's not much money, even though there's more money here, 10 times matters money, as much money, 100 times as many companies. Right. So you're like, yeah, sure, you're doing a million dollars in revenue. That's not enough anymore. You've got to be doing more and you've got to have a good team. Because Ben Kieran, the Aussie over here, who sold his company Chomp to Apple, what, he's raised $146 million in his first year because he's an awesome second-time entrepreneur who's got an amazing track record and a massive vision and he's here. So you're, who, who are you going to give a dollar to, him or to another startup coming out of Australia, no matter how good you are? So the bar is really, really high, but you've got to, got to want to be here. Mm. How has your particular gift for focus helped you navigate here? Because the one thing you can say about Silicon Valley is everyone's focused, but everyone's focused on something else. T- totally. Right? The funny it's- thing for me is that um, focus is not focused enough here. It's like, <laughs> sure, but focus on what? Like what what, what stage of the company, what vertical, yeah. You know, what particular type of technology, what's your particular role? Like it's, I got to the point where it's like, you know, I do product and first customers for C to Series A companies, typically SaaS. Well, what kind of SaaS companies? Oh, man. <laughs> so, Mr. Focus, it, it's actually a case in point, right? Mr. Focus was enough to build a brand man in Australia. Yes. But here it's like, you know. What does that, that mean? That's There's 12 books you could write about focus. Be, be more specific about your focus. So Be more focused on your focus. That's yeah. right. And, and I, I'm always very honest to the fact that I preach focus and I'm not very good at it. I, I love diversity in my life. You know, I do advisory work. I do corporate gigs. I was in Africa and, um, and Saudi Arabia and Middle East in October doing workshops, teaching families, entrepreneurship and innovation. Um, I do still do work with – still start my mentor, still pollinizer director. Mm. I, I do 100, 100 different things. But my work, I tell the entrepreneurs to be focused. You know, um, so, But it's the, the still, the, still the, the point is the same. If you want to build a brand anywhere, you have to do one thing really, really, really well and do it over, repeatedly. And then someone might eventually the market will recognize your abilities. So um, that was really, you know, all those things about being a big fish in a small pond in Australia and focus and, and also the stage. You know, you're coming from Australia, which is when we started way, way back when you and I first were working together. It was. It was. There was. A, you could. You could host us in a small room, uh, and you didn't mind sponsoring. A slab of beer would take care of the lot. Slab yeah. of beer and um, you know a bit of food would be would be plenty. But now it's massive, and that's great. But we're we're still behind because this is this is where it's uh, where it's biggest and most vocal. But we should not absolutely not try to be Silicon Valley. We yeah. should be our own own place. And Australia is challenged by the fact that we're a small population spread out. And yet at the same time, one of the qualities that seems to make things different in Australia from Silicon Valley is that there's a, it's not so much that everyone knows one another, although again, it's smaller, so that's true to some degree, but it seems like there's a lot more, I don't know, I don't know where you can put it, it's friendlier, it's, it feels, even if people are competing, it feels less in Australia, yeah, it, it 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 feels less sort of head to head. It feels more like it's a friendly competition. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's definitely an abundance mentality here because there's abundance. Yeah. So, and, but the, and there's also a, v- a very big introduction 
uh, currency of introduction here. So people really want to do that. And even to get to amazing people, that's not too bad. The next step of getting a term sheet or a check or someone joining your team is a big, big, big step. Right. But um, So I, I think Australia is friendly as a community, but I don't think we, – we, we don't yet have a 1,000 people who have made no. a ton of money, no. retired – Got bored, gone back into yeah. the game. We don't even have a hundred yet. I agree. I, agree. I, I think when I left, I actually did a, put a list together, and I got to twenty three. Yeah. So people who have built a business, more than ten million dollars, a global business, who who is actively putting their time and money into the ecosystem, and and not not nearly enough. Yeah. And again, you you can come back for the for the lifestyle and other things, but you. Uh, and then you're also still spreading them across Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, Hobart. And yeah. you're like, you know what, We it, those things make life a little bit harder. But to, to our, what's really positive about it is because we don't rely on the next round of capital, we survive winters very well. Yeah. Unfortunately, it hasn't been one for about 10 years. But I don't know if you've seen what's just started to happen to the housing market in Australia. It looks like we're going to have our winter. Yes, well, definitely the housing market. Yeah. And but I, I mean, I think it has to be globally for capital to really constrict. Mm. Um, but then Australians do really, really well because we, you know, campaign wanted to be commerce at last year, and they were all like, "I'm not going to get five million, so I better sell a product." Yeah. And then you're like, "You know what? I'll just grow organically." It's an eight-year overnight success. But it's doable, and you get to own a bunch of the company. That's a really good outcome. Australians are really good at that. What I don't want us to keep doing is do .com.au's and focus on just the Australian market and hope one day in the future we'll go global. I want to ask the question, this is what I love about Starbate and Mirrodi, is we ask the question to say at least, can you be global? Can you build in Australia and sell into the US or sell into China? I'll I'll, I'll do a hat tip to Terry Hillsberg, who works hard to try to bring Aussie companies into China. So it's not just about the US. But can you get into a big market and build in Australia? Because... The same code base. You're working, you're working hard. Sell to a, to a very, very large audience. Yeah, and it's interesting because we had Tim Fung. So Tim Fung was the second guest on when we started, and we had him on this series because I wanted to get the snapshot, but from one side to the other about what had really changed in that period of time for him, mm-hmm. and he had thought that he was going to go global four years ago. And he was there just breaking into the UK now because he had so much to learn about what he was actually doing before he could actually go global. And so there's this interesting thing. You can ask someone, do you plan on being global? And they can say yes. But actually getting there may take a lot longer than they expect. They may not understand their business enough. Sure. And I think but there are two big paths. There is work it out locally, which is lower risk. And you've got a really good chance of building a ten to fifty million dollar business, and then from that platform you can go global. But it'll take three to five years because yeah. it's hard to work out. Yeah. And at that point, you're you're unlikely to be a global winner just because other people will have entered the market. Yeah, the same company starts in Albuquerque, New Mexico, yeah. and three to four years later they've got sixty million bucks in revenue, and they've just raised two hundred million dollars in capital, and they might buy you. Right, so. So again, I think you've got to think about the different paths. You're going to work your work really, really hard either way. So do you want to get product market fit in a big market or do you want to get product market fit in a small market? Different risk profiles. And I, I fail more than I succeed, but at least I ask the question. So I, I, mean, I mean I fail by that people say, I'm going to stick to Australia. Yeah. And that's okay, but at least people are making the choice now rather than you know, not even being aware of the, of the consequences. We're talking to Mick Levinskis. We will be back right after this. 
Are you a small business or small e-tailer looking for better ways to streamline costs and improve efficiency? Introducing SendPro Plus from Pitney Bowes, the complete office sending solution that makes it easy for small businesses and e-tailers to consistently choose the right sending option for each parcel or letter. SendPro Plus provides shipping options and prices, prints labels, and tracks parcels. An integrated accurate scale helps assign the correct parcel label or postage. SendPro Plus makes sending simple with automatic rate updates and a shared address book across available carriers. Pitney Bowes brings shipping, mailing, and tracking capabilities to businesses looking to simplify their shipping and mailing while reducing costs. Simplify and save with SendPro Plus today and receive a $200 credit toward your parcel shipping costs. Terms and conditions apply. To learn more, visit pitneybowes.com au slash twista. And we're back on This Week in Startups Australia talking to Mick Lubinskis. So, Mick, while you've been away, it seems like the startup ecosystem in Australia has actually started to do some amazingly good things. You know, first we saw the precinct pop up in Queensland. We have the Sydney Startup Hub, which opened a year ago. We now have the Goods Shed in Melbourne. And these are all sort of partnerships between state government and startups to build things. Are we starting to learn how to build an ecosystem that can scale in Australia? Where would we? Where do you think we are on that? A good question. Uh, scaling is hard, and again, we have a big challenge that twenty-six million people. It's not enough for most businesses to get to a a critical mass of profitability in which to take on the world. So, you either build. So again, a small business for Australia or you go global. Right. Um, so there's there's two different approaches to that. The other thing is we the ecosystem is wonderfully sp- split across multiple cities. And that just means uh, that we have less chances of bumping into each other. So if you took all of those three spaces and if you took everyone and put them into one, one city in Australia, I think we'd be super strong. But that makes it a bit harder. And it also makes it a bit harder to specialize. Um, so you know, what is Australia good at? Can we do that? Or do we have to be city-based? Does, mm. you know, Adelaide's doing some amazing things around space. Melbourne's got some amazing marketplaces. Sydney's got some business software. Brisbane's got some some deep tech stuff. Yeah. So maybe maybe each city needs to specialise in one. And that doesn't mean you only do that thing, but have one thing to hang your hat off. And well, then, and it'd be Perth, mining tech, right? That's sure. the thing. And they're really good at it there, as it would make sense, because sure. the miners are there. And so, I, I mean, I don't think that there's any sin in saying that the mining accelerator and incubators could be in Perth. FinTech can could live in Sydney, could live in Melbourne. It's more Sydney-based right now. Sure. But um, And yes, deep tech because of UQ and QUT up in Brisbane. And yep. we see Maxwell MRI, which is Maxwell Well or whatever it's called now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, you're right. I mean, in some ways, the cities are starting to differentiate. They're not just all, here's a big incubator full of SaaS companies. I think that's that's right. And I, I'm, again, a part of... Startmate and Murudi, and both of them are generalist accelerators, and that's partly just because of the uh, scale and their, their whole purpose. But uh, I think specialist accelerators are, are good, 
but the other thing to specialize again is export focused. Mm. So how good are we getting at being able to take these products and immediately sell them into a big market? SaaS works for that because you can be here and sell overseas, but you've still got to get on a plane. Um, and you still got to tell them that it exists. That's right. If you're, if you're a direct-to-sales company, that makes those things even harder. But um, So I think the scale question, it's a generational thing. So I, I talk sometimes boringly about compound interest, mm. which uh, Einstein said is the most powerful f- force in the universe. But compound interest takes time to build up. And so what you actually really have is, um, so I remember the um, uh, Neil Miller built a company in the 80s and he sold it and he invested in a bunch of companies like Seek and Car Sales. And then the Seek guys invested in Polonizer. Polonizer invested in Dean McAvoy's business, Spreets. Spreets sold. Dean was then able to invest in Startmate. Startmate invested uh, and also invested in Blackbird. Blackbird invested in Nick Crocker's business, who he sold to, to MyFitnessPal. And now Nick Crocker's back running Blackbird. So they are these are wonderful things which take multi-generations and times mm. to, to, to actually um, develop and really, really grow. But you start to get... You're doubling from a low base. You know, Moore's law is fantastic, but you're doubling from a, from quite a low base. And we still make things harder by being spread out and, and not specializing. So I think we're getting to, we, we're definitely past scale in one key area, which is if you move to Australia for a tech job, there are 10 good companies you can work with. And all of them will want you. It's good that you've mentioned this because one of the things that's very clear from the startup muster is that there's a talent drought in Australia. Still a talent drought. You know, we, we you still have competition from the big banks for keeping engineers and we, we're not f- friendly on immigration laws, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Think about all the people at Lassian have employed in, in offices around the world, which could have been in Australia. Like they could have been people working in Australia adding to the tech scene. so But at least now you ha- do have those 10 options, so you're not coming to Australia and that's the... You know, and there's you, one game in and town. And there's one yeah. game in town. So all those things add up and they all get better and better and better. Tough thing again is we're competing on a global stage. New Zealand is kicking our ass in a lot of way- respects. Their angel community is really tight mm-hmm. and really strong mm-hmm. and they're so small they're forced to go global. Yes. No one's like, From you know, one. I'm going to knock... You can't build a $20 million business in most tech companies yeah. in New Zealand, so they force... And Singapore's putting tons of money in and it's hyper-focused. China's, so we not, we're doing that in isolation and we still don't have a lot of strong leadership in government which, is, yeah. which actually gets it and recognises that investment. And you still have, here in Silicon Valley, there's like 10 people from each state in Australia competing to try to get tech companies to move to their city. And you're like, so we're not being super efficient with the resources mm. either. But great news is with every success we have, both in terms of skill and, and financially, you get a reinvestment and combat interest growth in the ecosystem. And I sit back with with absolute pride and wonder about how far it's come from the heady days where we it was seriously, you know, dinner 2.0, it was eight people. It was like, it was really, really small. And, the, you know, there was a lot other things happening. It wasn't just us, but... Now it's incredible, right? You have to book out the uh, SCG and the MCG, sir. So. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you go to one of the hubs, whichever city you're in, and you just sort of wander through. And, then, you know, the joke is level one in the Sydney Startup Hub. If you have a startup and you want it to get funded, you just go there and have coffee and wait long enough. Totally. Right. I, was, I was super excited. I mean, I, again, living here for two years, it was launched while I was gone. I've been advocating for that for a long, long, oh, long yeah. time. And I walked in and there was Mike Zimmerman. I said, hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, i got to introduce you to someone. It was like 30 seconds. Yeah. And I, I saw like five, six people. It was like exactly what you want is that intensity. Yeah. You, you want a combination, right? You want hard work, people sitting in rooms with the headphones on, and you want a place where people can bump into each other. So absolutely helps. 
Okay. If we're talking now, we were talking about scaling up the ecosystem. Let's talk about what you learned about scaling up a startup. So we now have enough startups that are in that sort of, you know, 20 to 50 person range. There are a lot of them now. A lot of them have been on this show over the last couple of years, but we're now getting into that zone where they actually have to start tapping on the accelerator pedal. They don't, they're not capital short anymore, mm-hmm. but they now need to scale in. And scaling is a different set of skills than founding a business. So mm-hmm. what, do, what would you like to share about what you've learned about what it takes to scale? First, I want to warn people against premature scaling. It is a big killer of startups. How do you know when to do it then? I think when you um, when you absolutely have a full model that works, when you know how to, you know the customer, you know how to acquire them, they've got one product that works, you're getting great retention, it's, it's growing without trying. So you can point to every single piece along that customer value chain and say, I understand how this works. And, and it's repeating repeating work. Like if you can't yeah. put it into a formula, yeah. then you're not ready to scale. Okay, all right, that's view. really key advice. Very good. Important. The other thing is you get a lot, uh, you have to say no. You should be saying no to almost 90% of opportunities before... Uh, you, before you get to scale. So, um, and once you get past that point of, as we said, full product market fit, then you can actually start look at other opportunities. Mm. But one of the biggest killers is um, partnerships are great to scale, terrible pre-scaling because that you're not ready. And, it defocuses. And they want you to. They want to have something that's absolutely going to sell. Partnerships are a great way to to fulfill demand. A terrible way to create demand. Mm. You want it to be like, hey, everyone wants my product. I need more partners. Deb Nola, who's here in the US, she has a she, who's she, been on the show. She's fantastic. She tells a great story about yep. how she was like, oh, but tried partners, they don't work. Someone knocked on the door and I said, unless you're paying me five grand a month, this is my best impression of a Dead Nola voice. Unless you're paying me five grand a month, I'm not interested. They're like, yeah, I'll pay it. Oh my god, you're going to pay me to be my partner. Okay, then you're ready for partnerships. Um, so that the same thing about knowing your model. Is your model an enterprise focused or is it land and expand? Like how are you going to grow this business out? Um, one um, uh, um, tip I'll say is the a tool on my website, mrfocus.co, uh, building block planning. At least think about a structured approach and the different consequences of different choices. Because some, mm. some businesses, maybe they shouldn't grow. A lot of them have that opportunity, but be aware of the choices you're making. It's not bad to be able to run a business at $50 million a level and run it profitably. or to There's s- No, that's to a hard it. thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. So even getting to that point, even past $10 million. But be, be aware, it, not everything is about being a unicorn. Right. I think we should be trying more to be unicorns by being being global, but it's, you know, that's a lot of people forget that Mike Cannonbrook sold a business before Atlassian a a, um, a a bookmarking tool and then he started Lassian. So, you know, it's okay to take two steps towards that. All right. What if you, uh, I'm going to give you the magic wand. If What is it going to take to help startups more generally scale in Australia? If you could like change one thing about how we do things in Australia. Uh, it, for me, it's absolutely about exporting. So yeah. even though so, but is that legal? Is that sales? Is that what you know? It's it's the actual um, it's it's the impetus to go and solve a problem in another market. Okay. So I just see it too many times that that we're solving problems, and the maths will not work to be investor fundable. And you're inherently building a small business, which is fine, but you're going to spend ten years doing it. Whereas if you're able to uh, if you're able to put the same amount of effort into solving 
a problem in a big market, you can be a much bigger business. And again, this is not for everybody, but at the moment, it's seriously like 95% of companies, the default is to solve something local, which I totally get. I did that all the time. It makes sense. But what I would love to do is to have more important to me than 100 investors willing to write checks is 100 people who have successfully sold a business in another market. Because if Australia gets better known at that, then if, the, if, the, if your first hire is someone's like, yes, I've done export importing or I've mm. actually, I'm from the US or I'm from China or I'm from India or I'm from France or Africa and I've sold company products in that market, I can sell your product into that market. That's what you need to hear. You're going to work hard. Yeah. Why don't work hard for a bigger market? Um, product market fit, there's three parts to it, right? It, you're going to, and they're almost as hard no matter what. Um, some things are slightly harder about doing it some, away from home because you may not know it, but you know, I think it's actually worth it. And all I want is a, is a greater percentage of companies to do that. But if Australia doesn't have a great skill in exporting other than a few industries because we have multinational companies who don't care about exporting because they they got their branch office. Mm. And you have banks and telcos who... Who to, can't to, because they're regulatorily it, forbidden from it. That's right. right. And you have mining companies who are very, very specialist, yeah. but we don't have a great skill. So if we were fantastic exporters... We can export... Grains and cattle, very well. That's right. And we have totally mastered the export sure. of agricultural goods. Which, Education, which shows you services. that we know how to do it. Yeah, educational yeah. service. In some yeah. areas we do. But if we pull them people, those people across, because we've got, I think, good developers, good designers, good product people, good founders, but we need to get, you know, they say get out of the building, we need to get out of the country. Yeah. I, I want, there's, Qantas has got some great sales at the moment in terms of um, t- cheap tickets. Go spend some time. Whether it's the Silicon Valley again, or China or yeah, yeah. Silicon Valley again is a great place to raise capital. I think a terrible place to get customers typically. Um, SafeSite, one of the Meridi companies, have had fantastic results outside of outside of Silicon Valley selling. Most companies um, coming here do, but if you don't at least get on the plane, mm. it's cheap enough. You can sleep on couches. Everyone's done it. At least find out if there's a market there, and you can if you can build in Australia and sell into you. Imagine paying Australian dollars and making US dollars. That would be a pretty good thing to do. And again, there are 20 or 30 other countries you can go do that in. Even if they're the same size as Australia, your ability to do outside your own market says that you could be an exporter, says you could be global. But if you do it based purely, if you're a Sydney company selling into Sydney, your total potential is eh. So that, that's my main thing is let's get awesome at exporting. Let's get on, a, get on a plane, get out of the country, and let's at least see if we can take this ambition global. Mick, thank you so much for joining us in This Week in Startups Australia. No problems. Thanks, Mark. Twister is sponsored by Mobile Experience, a UX consultancy that can amplify your startup's capacities in three key areas. Through research with business and customers, developing strategy to determine the right platforms, and offering award-winning design from wireframing all the way to animation. Their clients include Twista guests go far in the yield and include award-winning startups like Soldierly. They're happy to help from reviewing your work to working alongside your team to get to market on time or ticking your existing MVP to the next level. Learn more at mobileexperience.com.au.
Go big or stay home. That's the message Mick left us with at the end of our interview. And why would you want to stay home? Sure, Australia is great. We love it. We're building our businesses here. But Australia isn't the whole world. We sit in this dangerous sweet spot. It's big enough in Australia to have a successful business, but not big enough to create the startup that will put a dent in the universe. Every Australian unicorn is a global business, and that tells us that scale matters. Scale counts. That's what Mick learned in Silicon Valley. Big thanks to Twister sponsors Pitney Bowes and Mobile Experience. Their support makes our podcast possible. Thanks to the studio at Wynyard Green for providing the amazing facility where we record this week in Startups Australia. It's the place for creative tech. Find out more at thestudio.org.au. Thanks to Mick Lubinskis for taking the time to come on our show. Now, last year, we rebuilt and relaunched our website at twistartupsaus.com. It's got everything. It's got all the shows, all the interviews, all the photos, all the links to all the stories. So check it out at twistartupsaus.com. We'll be back next week with a deep dive into two fast-growing startups working in virtual reality, a technology that looked like it was going to be the next big thing just a few years ago. But the revolution's taking a long time. So how does a business manage to thrive when a technology fails to reach scale? That's on our next episode. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening to This Week in Startups Australia.